I wonder what Harriet Tubman's life would have been like had she denied the reality of slavery in the United States. What if she had rejected that this reality existed? What if she had denied the brutality, the separation of families, the rape, and the ability of whites to enslave black people at will? If she had ignored the truth that enveloped her family and community, she might have never gained her freedom or theirs. She would not have gone on to become one of the most revered liberators in world history. This is Dr. Catherine Bancoli Medina with The Invention of Racism. The goal of this podcast series is to share the subtle and not so subtle nuances of racism from the past into the 21st century. Understanding and speaking the truth about racism is the first step toward combating and ultimately eliminating it. In this episode, we will talk about another component of the seven pillars of the racist construct, reality. Remember, there are seven components which help us to understand racism and how it operates in the world. These seven pillars include dominance, management, containment, intellectuality, humanity, reality, and erasure. Reading reality is important to appreciating how racism operates. Here we are largely speaking of the idea of a social and material construct. This refers to how we perceive the authenticity of the physical world we live in. Reality is what actually exists as opposed to how we would like something to be. And certainly, we can change reality for the better. That's another dynamic. However, we must first understand that reality is comprised of the existent world, specifically a condition that is tangible, factual, provable. For example, we know that the worldwide pandemic is now a major part of our reality. We remember what the world was like before COVID-19, and we envision what the world might be like after the pandemic fades. But the actuality, the truth, and the fact is, we now live in the time of COVID-19. Yet, we have also observed people who attempt to manipulate our perception of the global pandemic. This has been done by suggesting that the virus doesn't really exist or that it is not as harmful as scientists say it is. The problem is that when reality is irrationally denied, particularly in times of crisis, those who don't feel as affected by a crisis simply jettison it away from their world. In terms of the pandemic, this is done despite the fact that nearly 200,000 people have died and countless more have been infected. Even so, reality deniers choose to believe a false reality. It's not unusual for someone to embrace a sense of reality that is not true. Sometimes when such a belief is so hardened and their resulting actions become so harmful to themselves and others, that person is usually subjected to a mental health evaluation. Now, the basic tools racists use to divert attention away from reality are, one, to deny the reality of racism, 
two, to employ the hyper-policing of language, and three, the compartmentalization of racism. To our point above, denying reality is an essential part of racist philosophy. This is intended to challenge the actuality of racism in every conceivable way and often, to construct a false reality and to do whatever is necessary to maintain that fabricated world. It sounds like science fiction, doesn't it? But it is no less true that some antebellum physicians advanced that black people seeking freedom were suffering from a mental illness. So inserting a deceptive reality protects and sustains racist power. It is the most effective tool in oppressing groups of people. This denying of the reality of racism altogether is prevalent as well. We expect it. Recently, some members of the government issued statements saying that racism writ large does not exist. This is classic racist denialism. To suggest that racism does not exist is meant to unearth and to remake the known world. This need to replace perception is what we call gaslighting in the popular culture. It demeans the true claims of people who suffer from the effects of racism, perpetuates racial violence, and denies justice. This distortion of reality is propagandistic. It's a propagandistic lie. And, if you, and when you lie about or question fundamental truth in this way, you can destabilize whole nations of people. And then there is the hyper-policing of language, especially language that exposes and challenges racism. I remember as a new faculty member at a Research One doctoral institution, a very troubling campus-wide assembly. At a large faculty meeting with the president, I will never forget that he said that he, at no time, wanted to see or hear the words race, gender, and class. I never forgot this speech. In fact, I took copious notes, and I still have this record. This university had at least 3,000 faculty members at the time, and a great number of these faculty members centered their teaching, research, and scholarship on these three concepts. Shortly after this speech, as an aside, one of the first peer-reviewed publications I published in was in the journal Race, Gender, and Class. That authoritarian edict was issued in the 1990s, and as you can imagine, it set the tone for the institution, the faculty, and all people of color on the campus. Today, elite power echelons have attempted to ban the words white privilege and white supremacists and the term racism altogether. But we know that if a concept does not exist in language, then there is no way to identify or eliminate it in reality. Finally, one of the most potent weapons for reconstructing a racist reality is to compartmentalize racism, to discuss racism as if it is completely devoid of any historical embedded and structural foundation. 
Now this is very common um, in the public conversation when the term racism is actually used. We will be talking about this frequently in this podcast. So people will bravely ask questions about an individual's racist speech and behaviors. However, the goal of doing this is to avoid any widespread discussion about racism as the underpinning of society and the reason for ongoing discrimination, hate speech, and targeted violence. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Support for independent podcasts like The Invention of Racism is critical at this moment. In the national and global effort to dismantle racism and to establish human equality, we need as many thoughtful and courageous voices as possible. If you believe in and appreciate this anti-racism podcast, continue to download and support us. I also encourage you to use your media platform to honestly analyze and examine, put it into racism. If you are listening to this podcast series, then you know, discourse on racism is not for the faint of heart. I hope you will continue to join me as I present key topics in the invention of racism.